2: Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Oh, all right. This has happened too many times, but like I'll record the intro, and then all of a sudden I'll feel my phone buzzing and it's my mom calling. And you have to answer the phone when it's mom, no matter what. And I was planning on being like, hey, I just started recording. I can't talk right now. Bye. But I had some weird stuff happen to me last night medically, kind of. So I was like, I'm going to talk to her and fill her in. And then somehow we got on the topic of polyamorous relationships (laughs) and me explaining to her what that meant and all of that. So that was really fun. Have a discussion with your 73-year-old mother about polyamorous relationships and just see how that goes. But my mom is fucking awesome. Of course she was like, "You know, my mind's open. I just I just want to understand. I'm fine with whatever, you know." Um but this was crazy. I'm not going to go into detail because it's kind of gross, but I had something going on with like my tonsil adenoid situation and I think I have fixed the problem. (laughs) And it's really interesting to me that I would be even having these problems with my adenoids because I don't have any. So... I don't know if I've ever really gone into the full story of this. I know I spoke recently about getting my adenoids removed. I don't remember why I did, but I talked about the funny laugh that I had where was like, k-nur, k-nur. and my parents were like, what the fuck is wrong with this child? And also, you know, I couldn't hear anything. They'd be like, Maddie, Maddie, come here. And I'd be like, fuck you. I'm crawling this way. And they were like, oh, she can't hear. She's deaf. So... <laughs> I had my adenoids removed because they were super enlarged, and that was part of the problem. And then I got tubes in my ears. I've had them twice. And that has helped my hearing capabilities exponentially. But because I have those problems, everything, you know, your ears, your nose and your throat are all connected. So I've always had a lot of like sinus issues. I always say that's why I sound kind of like nasal. I speak very much out of my nose rather than up in my head or down in my chest. And I have to clear my throat a lot. Like I get a lot of like gunk in my throat and things like that. So now that I think I've got that taken care of, it's so weird because like, I'm breathing more easily through my nose. I feel like I'm speaking more clearly. I don't feel like I have to clear my throat every few seconds. Like honestly, when I'm editing, that's the thing I'm editing out the most is like taking breaths and me clearing my throat, turning away from the microphone as much as possible. So I'm really glad that I kind of got that figured out. And I feel like I sound better. Do you all hear this? Like I'm really, really enjoying this. So yay for my health. Um, But also just to go a little bit more into my hearing, because I don't know if I've ever really talked about it much. I can't hear shit. Like I, I, I can hear, but I need closed captions to watch TV or else I'm completely useless. There's a lot of tones that I can't hear at all, such as whispers and things like that. And I need the volume all the way turned up. Even in movie theaters, I'll usually have to like give them my ID so they can give me a set of headphones so I can hear in the theaters clearly because there are certain movie theaters that I swear they just like don't have the volume turned up enough and it's really, really obnoxious. But yeah, just a little bit more personal info about me because this is a little more of a personal episode. I'm so excited to be doing this. First coming out episode all by myself. I'm so happy that I got so many stories. It took a while for them to start coming in. And I was like, fuck, I really, really hope people do this. But I made an ass of myself a couple of times on Instagram trying to kind of promote people to send in their stories and things like that. And I also reached out to a couple of my favorite podcasters. Now, one of them, I'm hoping that before I upload this episode, they will send me their story and I can tack it in at the end because they're super, super busy and they haven't sent me anything. And that's totally okay because they are busy touring with their podcast, but I'm so glad that a podcast podcaster who I so look up to and idolize named Daisy Egan sent in their story. So I'm going to put that in somewhere. But I also did this a little bit differently, or I've decided to do this a little bit differently because I didn't really go through and thoroughly read all of them. I wanted to go through it kind of randomly and read them and have more of just an honest response from them and not have it be kind of like rehearsed or well thought out or anything like that. So I'm not going to like start with, you know, the saddest and move on to the happiest. I have no idea what's going to come at me. Maybe as I'm reading, I'll decide to not do it that way. But that's how I'm going to start it. I'm just going to start clicking from top to bottom, the most recent sent to me on my emails and go from there. Hi, Madigan. I am a 15-year-old feminist and listener of your show since the beginning of this year, 2023, when an unfortunate class placement got me really into music and podcasts. I love that, first of all. My pronouns are she, her, and I currently identify as... Cupio, romantic, and gray ace, and I am a cis woman. However, that is a mouthful, so I usually just say queer woman instead. Y'all teach me so much because I know the basics. <laughs> I know like all of the basic genders and identities and things like that, but I feel like there's so many more specifics that I'm not aware of that Gen Z is. And it's very, very fascinating to me. So I'm very excited to continue reading on with this story. Well, I wish I could say I have some grand story of how I told the world and everyone I knew that I was queer and then everybody clapped. I can't because I'm not fully out. Currently, I am still in the process of figuring out who I am. While I do have strong suspicions that I am a spec, I don't really experience romantic attraction the way others do, but I still desire and long for a romantic relationship. I'm not entirely sure. However, I have come out to different people at different times with varying labels. First of all, let me just say you are 15 years old and there is absolutely no reason for you to have any sort of your identity figured out, especially not your sexual identity, because, look, I've always known that I was sexually attracted to Women, But because I was also attracted to men, I, you know, just kind of was like, well, that's more normal. I'm just going to go that way. And that's just going to make my life easier and whatever. And it was like, you know, conditioned into me to just continue to go down that route. And it wasn't until I was, you know, in my like mid and late 20s that I very slowly started to come to terms with how I wanted to identify sexually so if you are 15 years old, you don't need to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. You don't need to know who you're going to fall in love with. You don't need to know what your gender is even. Like give yourself the time and the space to explore and to grow because you, there's no rush. You really don't need to figure it out. And honestly, I feel like Coming out in general, and I'm probably going to say this a lot, is a very like continual process. I don't think it is about this like one moment where you tell the world and they start clapping for you, like this person said. I think that it's always about evolving and changing. And I've known a lot of people in my life that have evolved in their labels throughout time. And when I was younger, I was like, well, then were you lying? Like I had a friend that said they were bi until they came out as being gay. And I was like, well, yeah, like why didn't you just come out fully then? But it's like, it takes time. It truly does. So you could be coming out as one thing now at 15 years old and 10 years down the line, maybe you'll have a little bit more self-understanding and you'll evolve from that. And truly, there's no need to feel like you have to completely understand yourself either. Okay, getting back to the story. Starting off back in March of 2021, I'd been online doing an awful lot of research on LBGDQ identities as I suspected myself to be low-key queer. Love it. At the time, I found the label abrosexual, a label that describes fluid sexuality. Shout out to the gay hive for that. At first, I found it and didn't think it fit. However, the more I thought, the more it did. Sometimes I liked guys. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I thought women were pretty. Sometimes I didn't. I came out to my sisters as Abro first. They were accepting. They've been stalking me online for a while where I was out. Oh, sweet, sweet siblings. Don't stalk people online. But I love that they were like totally cool with it and loving about it. Some time passed, and now it was fall of 2021. I was in eighth grade, oh, and my chorus program was at a football game to perform. This one, really pretty, cool, alt-senior femme, came up to me and my friend and sat with us at dinner. She said she was queer, and I immediately said I was too. They were also... We spent the next half hour in the auditorium sharing our stories of how we realized we weren't entirely cis-alo-het. Okay, this is so complicated for me. You young people have so much more vocabulary than I do. I- I'm thinking it's similar as just being like a het person. The year goes on and slowly I start to get more comfortable with the idea of me being queer and out. When my Latin teacher admitted to the class that he had not a wife, but a husband, which by state policy I don't think was allowed to say, it made me feel safer and more comfortable with who I was. Eighth grade, I started to identify as a lesbian since it was becoming too much of a mouthful and difficult to explain erosexuality. I was also, quite frankly, scared of being seen as weird or potentially being outed. I wasn't sure if my family supported. My mom claims to be fine with LGB, not the T, but I was convinced it would somehow be different if she knew her own daughter was queer. I think that that's the case with a lot of parents, unfortunately, is like they have to know and love somebody in order to start accepting the group as a whole. It's just really unfortunate. So this is a really long one. So I'm going to kind of summarize the next paragraph a little bit. It seems like once they got into high school, they started to meet a lot of other people that were also doing the same kind of exploration that they were, which really gave them the confidence to, you know, be more themselves and to label themselves how they felt. Accurately, which I think is really, really special. But I completely understand like in certain situations, it's just annoying to have to explain yourself with certain specifics of things. So I understand like telling different people that you identify as something different whenever the, you know, circumstance presents itself they got into a lot of really wonderful stories about different people that they'd had feelings for and things like that. And I'm really, really enjoying reading this, but as I'm doing it, it's, it's really, really personal. And I like that they shared it with me, but I don't know if I need to share it with all of my listeners. But essentially, this person's coming out story for most of it is talking about, you know, the more people that you meet who validate you the more you feel validated within yourself. And I think that's really, really true because I'd come out to some people who really invalidated me and were like, no, you're not, you're not bi. Like, what are you talking about? But then I've come out to other people that were just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. That's great, you know? So, you know, thank you for teaching me more about you. That is how you be a supportive friend. Okay, finishing up. Going up to the current day, I am somewhat out at school, completely out online and still closeted at home. However, this isn't entirely out of fear for my life. It's mostly because I don't think it's a big enough deal to make it worth sharing anymore. Yes, I may be queer, but I'm also an activist, a feminist, a singer, a knitter, a writer, and a fashion historian, sort of. Thank you for bearing with me on this long-winded email about my coming out stories. Best regards. Oh, I loved this, you know, sweetheart. And I don't, I don't say sweetheart condescendingly. I say this because I feel so mothering for every single person that messages me that is under the age of 18. Give yourself that time. It seems like that's already what you're doing by just, you know, experiencing life, meeting people and letting yourself go through these changes. I love that we have labels that are there to validate our feelings But at the same time, I don't think that they're that important. I think that that's why I'll sometimes just say that I'm queer, because even saying that I'm bi doesn't always fit. But then I don't, I just don't like saying pansexual. I don't know. I just don't like the word. You know, so it's like, we can all have our own personal ways of labeling ourselves and going through, you know, discovering our identities and so on and so forth. So I'm just happy that this listener has such love and support. They did send me another email, like making sure I knew like they have a very, very loving family. And I was like, totally figured you did you know I'm sure when you do come out to them they are going to be so loving and accepting but you do it in your own time like there's no reason to come out to somebody if you don't necessarily feel like you have to or there isn't something in you that is pulling you toward doing so if you're totally okay with not being out yet with your family that's completely fine so sending you all the love All right, here is the next one. Dear Madigan, my name is, I'm 18 and I'd love to share my story with you. Firstly, I just wanted to say that you and your podcast have inspired me so much and I have learned so much from you. Oh my God, stop. I started listening in late 2019 when I was 15. Oh my gosh, all of you 15-year-olds, you love me. And it was my first proper exposure to feminism and you truly opened my eyes to the world around me. Oh my gosh, I hope I am qualified to do that. (laughs) Since then, I've read books on feminism, great. Talked with my friends about our views and opinions and even started a feminist society. Oh my gosh, I love this. It says, in a predominantly male-dominated school. Oh, I love this. I just want to thank you for all your insights and discussions. Your podcast is really now part of my routine. So thank you so much. It means a lot to me and through you. I've become a more educated and better person. It feels really weird to read that because it feels super self-congratulatory. But oh my gosh, thank you so much. It made me feel really good. Now for my story. I now identify as bisexual. I started discovering my sexuality and who I was when I was about 14, when I went on a school trip to Italy and saw all these beautiful girls, LOL. Oh my God, I don't blame you. (laughs) I had a group of friends at the time who I really wanted to share my feelings with, and in particular, one girl who I felt particularly close to. I was really scared to share my feelings and be so open, so I started with texting. Oh, the great barrier of the phone. My friend replied immediately and told me she was proud of me and that she was happy for me, the best possible thing she could have said. When I saw her in person the next time, we sat and talked for hours about women and sexuality and cried to each other, Oh, this was the most vulnerable I had ever been. And I am so fortunate that it went this way. Oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. Since then, I have told many more people, not including my family. I have grown up in a household which is not the most supportive and open, so it was really hard for me to deal with all those feelings and unpack them. I am still trying to accept myself, and because of the many toxic influences from the media and sometimes from people around me, I have found myself doubting who I am and wonder whether I'm truly bisexual, just because I don't view women through the male gaze. Oh, However, I'm really grateful for my friends and the media influences such as you who have helped me through so much. Oh my gosh, I I feel that so. I mean, that's what I said. I felt that my entire life. You know, I was like, is this real? Am I kidding myself? Especially because I've never dated a woman or had a relationship with them. So I I feel like a fraud a lot of the times, but I also know that the reason I didn't have relationships with women was because of the society that I was growing up in. Now, I think that if I had felt that urge more strongly as a child to tell my mom and dad that they probably would have been completely fine with it. My mom is fine with it now. My dad is weird about everything, so I'm sure he would have been super awkward. I don't think I would have ever told him cuz he doesn't really know much about me nor did he ever ask, but I don't think that I would have been shunned by my immediate family. It definitely would have been complicated at the ice rink because that shit is homophobic as hell. And at school, I went to a Catholic school where, you know, that indoctrination is strong, baby. So I, you know, I liked guys. So I always just went for that. And it made me really feel like a fraud as I was going through my young adult years and discovering more about myself. And I think it's really important that she mentioned that she doesn't view women through the male gaze. And I think that's another way of being like, oh, like, am I really bi then if I don't want to treat women a certain way or view women a certain way? Like, I've even had discussion about like, I mean, obviously, like, I think boobs are great, but at the same time, like, I feel like I don't objectify boobs the way that men do. Like, they don't get me all like, ooh, like weird and excited when I like see them maybe because I'm used to them too but like I don't know it's different it's a different type of appreciation and I think that that's also confusing because that's not what we're taught having a sexual desire for another person looks like so thank you so much for sending this into me because it truly it, it made me think about a lot of different things as well so I really really appreciate it. All right, on to the next story. Another person wanting to remain anonymous. I think I've always kind of known I was bisexual, but it was never really accepted in my family. And I also like boys, so it was never really an issue. I'm not alone. Once I moved to college and started to become a bit more stars around this word liberal, I feel you there, I started to accept it more in my own mind. At that time, I was in a serious relationship, though, and eventually got engaged to this man. So again, it seemed like it was a non-issue. Oh, you should still be able to tell your partner, though. A few months ago, I decided to break off my engagement and a month or so afterwards, I was sitting at a coffee shop with a friend and the conversation of what actresses we would be gay for came up. Eventually, I just said something along the lines of, I don't think it would take one of them to make me gay, though. For real, for real, I think I'm bi. And my friend looked at me and just said, seriously, I know. I haven't said anything, but I know. It was really reassuring in a way that she didn't make a big deal of it and that the conversation just moved on. I think that's the way every coming out story should be. It's a part of life, just like if someone were to tell a friend that they got a new shirt. Maybe not exactly, but you get the point. Anyways, that's my story, so I hope you enjoy. I I love this story so much. I really, really resonate with a lot of it, and I am very thankful that I have a partner who I very much love as a person I always say you know I'm not with him because of what his genitalia is or anything like that I I truly love him and want to be with him as a person and I was safe enough and open enough with him to be able to come out and have those conversations and we continue to have conversations all the time it's not like I just mentioned it once and then it's like oh we don't talk about that It's something that is very, very openly discussed in my relationship and very much honored. But I'm also the type of person that just doesn't feel the need to break up with him because I want to experience women. Like there's times where I'm like, oh God, I kind of wish I would have been able to experience those things. I I really wish that I was, but that's not how my life ended up. I'm with the person that I love very much and want to be with for the rest of my life. And it's funny because when I was talking to my mom about the polyamorous relationship stuff, I was just like, that sounds exhausting to me. I have no judgment. Do what you want to do. I'm not going to do it because dealing with one partner is enough for me. I don't think I could deal with having more than one. That sounds exhausting. So I'm really glad that you, you know, got out of an engagement maybe where you didn't feel like that was your person. It sounds like you were never able to come out to that person, so that does give me a little bit of an indication that maybe there was some sort of wall up between you two where maybe you just weren't meant to be. And that phase of your life has moved on, and now you are in this new phase. And I hope that you know you feel that you can continue to come out to more and more people. I hope that you feel that you have the power to explore whatever kind of relationship you want to like that just sounds so freeing to me. And so I I wish you all the best. I'm sending you so much love and hugs. I mean, I'm sending you all love and hugs, but you know what I'm saying? All right. This one is from Madison. Fun fact, Madison was in the running to be an option for my name because my parents knew they wanted to call me Maddie but they didn't name me Madison because Madison Avenue is like the big advertising street in New York. And my dad was already obsessed enough with his job that they didn't want to name me after the advertising street. But like, honestly, it would have been really on brand for my dad to do that. So it's surprising that I came out of Madigan. Any whoozles? So one night, me and my sisters were in my room just hanging out, and my older sister says something along the lines of, Megan Fox is so hot, I would date her. I've heard so many women say this. And I said, that's cool, but don't queer bait." And she said, oh, I'm not. I really would date her. And I was like, oh, cool, but I know you're not a lesbian because you have a boyfriend. And she said, oh, no, I'm bisexual. And that gave me the courage to tell my siblings that I was also bisexual. And that night, my youngest sibling told us that they go by she, they pronouns. Ever since then, there was a safe space created between us, and I was able to, to become my true self. I later came out as non-binary and my youngest sibling came out as pansexual and my oldest sibling shared that she identifies as queer. I really wouldn't be where I am today without my sisters. Oh my gosh. I love a big, happy queer family. This makes me so, so happy. I hope that the parents are also as on board as the sisters are, but man, I love a feel good, happy coming out story. All right, here is another one. My cousin and I are really close, and I've recently moved to his city following a horrendous breakup, heterosexual relationship during which I realized I'm bi. As I was talking about the breakup with my cousin and the topic of me meeting someone again, without making a point of it, I just said, he or she. Next conversation with my cousin, his girlfriend was also there, and she was mentioning me and the potential of other men. My cousin added, or women also not making any kind of big deal of it. I felt so seen. We've now had more clear conversations about it, but I loved being able to come out to him kind of without the coming out part. And this is exactly how it should be. I feel like once you hear someone say that, you reinforce it and acknowledge it. It just makes that other person feel so good. I feel like I feel like I've experienced this with friends who have come out as trans or non-binary. When they hear their proper pronouns being used or their proper name being used, it's really validating. And so I think it's very important to, you know, pick up on those things and stand up for the other person and not always needing them to come out over and over and over again, but also don't come out for people. So I guess that could be a tricky situation. But thank you so much for that message. That was another really, really sweet one.
1: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. shopify.com slash realm are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back
2: All right. Hi, my name is C. I am a 22-year-old masked lesbian who thinks representation is very important for our community. Growing up, I didn't have much representation living in the south side of Houston, Texas, my mom coming from a Pentecostal upbringing, and my dad being very Catholic. I know, yikes, what a lethal mix. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's incredibly lethal. But surprisingly, my parents seemed a little progressive, or at least I thought. I came out at 13, but I knew a lot younger than that. I remember it vividly. I was being picked up from school by my mom. We were headed home when I just got this urge to get it out of my system. I said, Mom, I have something to tell you. I think I'm gay. I don't know why I said think, as if I could think myself out of being gay. I was scared and nervous, and rightfully so. You know, that's what we say a lot of times when we don't want to just be confident in our stance on things. We'll say, I think, even if we know, because we, we're nervous. We don't want to sound quite as confident in what we're saying. So that's a totally normal thing to do. After a long period of silence, she replied with, you're just confused. <sighs> it broke my heart hearing her say that. She was in pure denial about it, as if no daughter of hers could be gay. She had created this picture of who I was, how I would dress, and what I would become. The man I would marry, way before I was born. This was her dream. Thirteen-year-old me was no match for her dream daughter. Oh my gosh. After that, I zoned out of the conversation, wishing I hadn't said anything. Looking out the window, wanting to literally jump out of the car. All I could hear was her justifying why she reacted the way she did. What would mine or your dad's family think? You don't want a life like that. It's because of the friends you hang out with. Finally, we got home. I just ran upstairs to my room and cried the whole night. I made my mom promise not to tell my dad, but the next day we sat down to have a family talk. Oh, this is breaking my heart so much. The rest of the story y'all can ask my therapist. It's just a bunch of my parents gaslighting me and my developing an emotionally avoidant attachment style. But no, there was light after the darkness. I graduated high school and went to college and found myself an amazing group of friends and colleagues who shared similar experiences. I made them my family. Chosen family is the best. Oh, and they're so funny. They were like, oh, please like summarize this differently if I wasn't articulate enough. And my goodness, I think that you said that so beautifully. I didn't have to change anything that you said in that message. But I was so saddened by the way that your parents reacted to your coming out, and I'm totally not going to plug my Patreon here, but I highly recommend that you read the book that I just covered on Patreon, which is called Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson because it's about an adopted daughter who comes out as a lesbian in a fundamentalist Pentecostal home. And it's done in a really beautiful way. It's a semi-autobiographical book. And then she also wrote a memoir, the author did, called Why Be Happy When You Could Be Normal, which is something that her adopted mother told her after she came out to her. And I would highly recommend reading it. I think it would be really a good support system for you. But I also wanted to mention something about chosen family. We all hear this from people all the time. Blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. But I was actually listening to a podcast or watching a reel or something, and they explained what the full quote actually is. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So, the meaning of this saying is actually the opposite of the way we use it. The saying actually means that bonds that you've made by choice are more important than people that you are bound to by the water of the womb. The saying reflects the fact that the bonds you choose for yourself can mean so much more than the ones that you don't have any say in. And I was shocked, I was flabbergasted when I heard this because, as someone who doesn't have a relationship with their very much living, aging father. (laughs) I get that thrown at me all the time. Blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. And I'm like, the people that I've chosen in my life love me so much better and more than that person ever could. It's completely different. And that love matters just as much. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I've been wanting to mention that on the podcast and I keep forgetting. So I hope everyone like remembers that and writes it down somewhere because I just thought that was such a wonderful message. So thank you again for reaching out to me. I really, I mean, that was a sad, that was a sadder one again, but I think there was also a light at the end of it as well, which I loved. So I got a couple really short ones on Instagram, I think just from people seeing my silly videos and sending them in. So here's one of the little short ones. My pride story is just sitting in the car on the way home from soccer training and listening to If You Seek Amy by Britney Spears with my mom, with my mum, I'm going to say mum, not mom, then finding the courage to say, you know, I'm a lesbian, right? She was very supportive and said, I thought so, but I didn't want to force you to say anything. Yeah, they totally got this from the video because they said, loved the makeup. It made me send this. If you could only see what it really looked like, it was terrible. I did it so fast. Like I promise I'm not that terrible at doing makeup, but like I I am terrible because I only really know how to do like stage makeup. Like I can't do like a look for the evening or anything like that. I'll just look insane. This is another really short and sweet one that I love. They said, My first boyfriend was trans, and I straight up told my parents, I don't really care what parts he has. I love him. Years later, and I'm still pan. I love that so much. All righty, here is another one. Hi, I'm Ellie, and here's my coming out story. I've been out since 2019, but my funniest story is how I came out to my cousin. Oh, I'm excited. I feel like the cousin ones are just Mwah, perfect. We were celebrating my aunt's birthday at a family barbecue back in February of this year. My cousin is kind of an edgy 15-year-old. You know the type, I certainly do and stays in his room if the gathering is hosted at his house. Us being close, he usually lets me come in and talk to him for a bit. We were chatting about our lives and other random topics. Eventually, we got to talking about our love lives, and he made a jokey comment about how he likes older women. (laughs) Oh, God. I said back, I also like older women. Actually, I like all women. I'm pansexual. And I laughed it off. He looks at me dead serious, and I got nervous because I know his dad is on the conservative side. He says, dude, I've known for a couple of years now. I'm sitting here in shock because I didn't know how I made it that obvious. I asked how he knew and he said, you made me play Girls by Girl in Red and sang along to the entire song while we were camping. I burst out laughing and I still tell people about it to this day. I don't know this song. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Girl in Red and the song is called Girls. <laughs> Okay, that song is rad. I'm adding it to the Angry Feminist playlist and to my own playlist on Spotify. Thank you for that. Oh, my God. What a amazingly sweet story. Seriously, the Cousin Ones are the absolute best. All right. Last but certainly not least... One of my favorite podcasters, Daisy Egan, they just made this little quick recording on their phone. So there is a little bit of background noise, but I haven't listened to the full story yet. So I'm just going to insert it into the episode now. So a little bit about Daisy before I get into their message. Daisy won a Tony Award when they were super young. I want to say they were like 10 or 11 for The Secret Garden. I'm really sorry, Daisy. I didn't look it up. I'm doing this all on the fly right now. But you sent me a message over the car, so I think you're fine with me doing this on the fly. But anyways, Daisy is this like prominent Broadway actor. They've also, you know, done a lot of other Things acting wise, but they are also an amazing writer and obviously podcaster. They are the host of the show Strange and Unexplained with the Obsessed Network. And they're another host that is a single host. It's not quite just a narrative podcast because they interject with just really funny things all the time. And I had a boss that once who like loves Daisy's show was like oh my gosh you're so much like Daisy Egan and I was like that is the best compliment anyone could ever give me one of my favorite things they say is not today Bob when something really creepy or sketchy happens on the show and oh love them so much so thank you for sending me this message here we go
0: hey Madigan slash angry neighborhood feminist is sort of redundant, because I feel like anybody who identifies as a feminist at this point is probably pretty angry. Uh, It's Daisy Egan. I am in my car driving. I apologize for the sound quality, but this is sort of the only time that I have to do this, if I'm going to get it to you in time. Uh, So my coming out story is in some ways very similar, I think, to a lot of queer people's coming out stories in that, like, there are several of them and many of them because we are always coming out. Um, But the very first time, I was 12. I was in seventh grade. And I was sitting on the steps uh, during recess at school And this classmate of mine was standing a few steps below me, and we were talking, and her her breasts were right at my eye level, and I was enjoying them. Uh, And I suddenly realized, like, oh my God, am I gay? And, you know, I grew up doing musical theater in New York city. So it wasn't like everybody was gay. You know what I mean? However, nobody was bisexual that I knew. Um, that wasn't like a thing. Uh, so I, my mom was very sick at the time and I came home and I like, I like picked a fight with her. I don't even know what it was, but I I picked some sort of fight with her and I ran upstairs and slammed my door And apparently, my mom said to my dad, like, what's, what is wrong with her? What's her issue? And he said, she thinks she might be gay, and she's, she thinks she might be gay. And my mom's response was like, okay, like, you know, all right. Um, And then she had this sort of, like, very tame birds and bees conversation with me, I'd been humping my friends since I was very young, so I, you know. But the conversation was like not very helpful. Um, but it was basically like whoever you love is fine, uh, you know, and sex is a beautiful thing as long as you're in love, which I, I disagree. And sex can be terrific with a perfect stranger. Um,. I mean, maybe not terrific with a perfect stranger, but like you, you know, pretty good. Um, oh, I don't know if my ear earpods just went out or not, but anyway. Then, you know, so I was queer, and then I, I, I basically was given the message that like I couldn't be queer because of my, because of my career. So I, I went back in the closet, and then from. Then till like my my mid to late thirties, I was like in and out. Uh, you know, I sort of came out as bisexual in two thousand nine on Twitter. I was just sort of in and out, and I also, I guess, subscribed to the the notion that like because I was married to a man, uh, I wasn't queer anymore, which obviously is not the case, but I was young and dumb. When I finally like came out, came out without, you know, I wasn't gonna go back in. I was having lunch with my friend Brandon and I said, So I'm dating this woman, and he didn't even react. And I was like, why aren't you why didn't why aren't you like surprised? And he was like, Gimme a break. Like duh, obviously you're queer, and I was like, really, he was like, uh, yeah, have you met you, (laughs) so that's, that's my coming out tale, and these days I'm sort of a sad queer, because I love my husband very much, but, you know, I don't know if I'll ever have an opportunity to be with uh, a woman again, and that makes me sad. Uh because it turns out sex with women Primo. I mean I ten out of ten I recommend. Except my ex-girlfriend who oddly couldn't find my clip. <sighs> anyway, that's my story. Happy
2: prom! Oh my gosh, the part talking about staring at her classmates' breasts literally had me cackling. I wish I had had a recording of me listening to that because I I was laughing so hard. I had like a full-on belly laugh when I was listening to that story. But I love that they just said everything that I've said in this episode again. Like, look, you can be queer and love a person of the opposite sex, You can be queer and not be fully out until much later in life. You can be queer and not fully know who you are or feel like you need to closet yourself. I mean, there's no one way to be part of this community. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned over the last like two years now, I think of me being out, is that I can be completely myself in whatever that means. I don't have to fit a certain mold because I identify as bi or pan. I don't have to be anything that I don't feel is conducive and authentic with who I truly am. And I think that that's the beauty of coming out and the beauty of the LGBTQIA plus community is that acceptance is the number one requirement, you know what I mean? And as it should be in all circles. But there is something so welcoming about the queer community that I just love so much. And I've been more loved and accepted by the queer community than like a lot of other people in other groups in my life. So I'm so thankful for that. I learn so much from the queer people around me. And I just I love Daisy's story because I think it's just so relatable to, you know, someone who is maybe not in the earlier stages of coming out like a lot of these other stories were, but someone who, you know, has gone through more life and is slowly figuring out who they are, especially before times like now, where, of course, it is still terrifying to come out. Clearly, most of these messages were anonymous there was a lot of fear still involved so i'm not saying that like <laughs> it's so easy to come out these days but compared to you know even 20 years ago 30 years ago it's completely different. It's even different than 10 years ago. Our understanding of sexuality and gender and identity has grown so much in such a short amount of time. And I mean, honestly, that's probably why so many people are having a hard time getting on board, because it really has. We've made a lot of change in a short amount of time. We still have a far, far, far road ahead of us until we reach equality. But you know, in the 90s, in the 2000s, it's not like it was super easy for someone to be out. So I really appreciate Daisy making that very, very clear. And I'm just loving you so much. Thank you for doing that for me. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Well, that is all the stories I have. I believe I tried to go through and flag every single one that I could find on my email and in my DMs. If I missed yours, I'm so sorry. Please let me know and I will definitely add it to my next recording. I've actually gotten a few messages from listeners of things that I wanna share on the podcast anyways. So I think I'm gonna add that to my next full-length episode possibly and kind of chat about some of the messages that I've gotten from listeners recently. And I have decided that I am going to make July Madigan's birthday month on on Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. So I am going to be... So the first week, I'm going to be doing a feminist faves of a fave of mine since I was 10 years old. I talk about them all the time on the podcast, but I've never actually focused on them. And I think now is a really good time to focus on their story. But that's all I'm giving you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But the following week, my birthday, July 9th, I would like to do an AMA episode. So I'm going to be putting up a few things on Instagram, a few places for you to go and ask questions on Instagram, but then you can also email me your questions at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or just shoot me a DM with your question whenever you feel like it. This is no holds barred. Seriously, ask me anything. I want to say I'm not going to turn any questions away, but we'll see. Um, Maybe I'll have to give some politically correct answers, but I don't know what y'all feel like asking me, but let's get in there. Get to know me a little bit. I want to answer all of your questions. So I'm excited to do that for my birthday. So I'm going to want all of those in by the 8th, and I'm going to have that episode up by the 10th. Also, I mentioned this in the episode just from recommending the book, but if you want to join the Patreon, I really do recommend it, doing some really cool stuff, in my opinion. You can join the Angry Feminist Book Club at the $5 level, where you'll get two episodes a month covering whatever book I choose. And then if you join the $8 level, which is called the Feminist Faves level, you get all of these episodes ad-free. Sometimes you get them a little bit earlier, and you get access to all the book club stuff as well. Last but not least, if you love the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show, or you can rate me on Spotify or wherever else you listen to the show. All right, that's all I have for you today. Instead of the usual outro music, I'm going to play this. That's all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye.